exciting news. Yes. It is launch week around these parts. So our Wayman Unlimited onboarding coaching program is now open for enrollment. If you are a digital creator who's looking to add more predictability, more profit, and more peace into your business, our Wayman Unlimited program is here to help you. Through our monthly onboarding coaching sessions, we'll remove the overwhelm of growing your business and give you specific marketing tactics to focus on each month so you can grow, but at a sustainable pace. Because we're all steady, about... Steady. Slow growth around here. We take a slow and steady approach to running a calm business so you can reach your business goals without sacrificing your well-being. By the way, also included in Wayman Unlimited is a lifetime account to our core software, Tea Tree, which is the most customizable and brandable course platform on the market. You also get access to a member favorite group accountability system we call Wayme of Stones. That's Please right. don't sue us, Game of Thrones. <laughs> where we blend fun and action taking together in our weekly Wayme Slack community through doing some accountability and sharing our goals, getting our tasks done every single week. That's right. If you are interested in joining Wayman Unlimited, head to wanderingaimfully.com slash join to learn more and get all the details. And just as a reminder, the doors will be open until March 26th. Welcome to What Is It All For? A podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Hello, FOMO, <laughs> NAMO. <laughs> <laughs> just no, saying stuff supposed, it was supposed to be fomo no mo yeah no i get it okay i just want my version of it too it, but it didn't make sense your version hello fomo, FOMO. no no but isn't that fun it's kind of like fun to <laughs> say like i really dislike it rolls off the tongue Roll. neither of us are really good at it do the cardi b thing i can't do that oh there you I go. That's not even no, very no, that good. was good. That was solid. I got kind of like chills from that. It was so good. That's true. Guys, we know that that's like three years late on that. But yeah, for sure. For we've sure, been for sure. we've been workshopping it for a while. Have you guys heard the like? Burr, burr, burr? Have you heard that? Burr, burr, that's burr, a cool burr. thing that people do. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, speaking of that, speaking of like weird like phrases that hit the zeitgeist. Do you know? chef's kiss yeah i mean i really thought that we were early on that and then i think no it was just we were on the appropriate upswing of that and now i see it like everywhere chef's kiss oh yeah i mean i feel like chef's kiss been around for quite a while though too but it's really hitting look out for it now listeners you will if it's like <laughs> an instagram story a youtube video like chef's kiss people get up on it it's also a missed opportunity for there to be a chef's kiss emoji because you can do a chef mm -hmm. and then you do the the lip kiss emoji oh, or the fingers together the fingers together you've done this before i literally remember when we like did this our... this one or no it's this There's one this one. Oh, this yeah. one yeah. yeah so it would be chef fingers together kiss yeah i kind of like to do just like the the that's... kissing emoji like the smiley who's doing the kiss with a little heart that's my uh yeah chef's kiss i just say chef and then i throw that guy in there you know can i be honest so about, important. can i be honest about the kissing emoji is like the so, lips the one with the lips you mean yeah yeah not not the hearts around it but like the there's one that's like you know i started to get really self-conscious about it because it's it's a very specific feeling in my brain which is just like oh like love you like it's very like yeah. friendly yeah 
And then I just started sending it to friends and family and just really using it. And then I was like, I don't know, is there a romantic connotation? And it started making me feel weird. What's your most used emoji? Like, can you think Yellow of, heart. Just yellow heart is your most used And one? I don't know why I chose yellow. To me, it's like a friendship positive heart. Like, the red heart feels too romantic to me. Yeah. The I know people who really love, like, the black heart just because it's an aesthetic choice. Because sure. they, like... And yeah. I love a good black and white moment, yeah. but something about the black heart feels too dark for me. Right. Um, the some people really like the orange heart because that's like you're really their in the vibe. hearts. This is this oh. is really an enneagram four choice. Yeah, I just love yeah. everything. Well, interesting for mine. What's my yours? my most is the hugging one, where he's got his little hands out. No, it's not. Absolutely, absolutely. You're if always you, hugging people. If you look at Wayne DMs in Slack, sure, sure, sure. if you look at Tea Tree support messages, really, if you look at any of those, you're things, just throwing out hugs left hugs. and right. Uh, also, I am huge. We use Slack. I use Slack all the time, so I always use the like colon and then type a word sure, the quick... to have it pull up the menu. Sure. I now find myself doing that in like messages. Oh yeah. Or, luckily, our email provider does it, which is nice. Oh, that's nice. But they don't all match up perfectly. Oh yeah. So like sometimes like uh, Trello doesn't have hug so i have to go and get it i know it's a real bummer it also, also doesn't have think and i use think all the time so. the, they're just whoever wrote the descriptions yeah. of what they are I, I take issue oh i i really uh interesting change i've noticed this happen on a couple different ones but the little guy with the glasses who has like the buck teeth sure that used to be nerd yeah it's not it's not nerd or geek it's just glasses now do we think it was like offensive to i think so maybe oh. they were trying to change that but yeah, I've noticed that. Like, I'll type nerd or geek and it doesn't come up anymore. It's very Guys, interesting. Guys, are you a nerd or a geek? And are you offended by the... I'm actually, like, proudly a geek. Yeah. Yeah, like, I find I myself... I think we're at the point in culture now where, like, enough people have, you know, self-proclaimed their their nerdiness or geekiness. And I don't think it's, like, the... It's like a badge of honor. Yeah, I don't think it's, like, the um, ostracization that it used to be. Oh, I don't cool. know. Honestly, nice. I'm in, like, a very made-up words and can't say them type of mood today. Considering that this episode's FOMO NOMO... Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely. on that train. All right. Well, uh, thanks for going along that uh, emoji journey with us. I really appreciate you I getting on really our like, little bus. That's like one of my favorite ones too. I really like the shine emoji. Just the sparkle. The, the little sparkles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. What else? Sorry. That's I just good. am still that's into enough. it. Okay. We're good. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's enough of the preamble. Let's get into FOMO Nomo. FOMO Nomo. Okay. We already did all that. I know. I just yeah. want people to know how I'm saying it in my head. Where do you want to start? I kind of want to start with NFTs just to get it out of the <laughs> okay. out of the way. Well, why don't you share with people where this episode is going? We don't know. And <laughs> um, why? how about why we wanted to do this episode? Yeah, I, I think that... Because I think part of the reason of the inspiration was the NFT conversation. There, There's a lot going on in the world these days, especially in like our digital world. And I know even from my own personal experience, it can feel like, oh, I'm missing out on this thing. Like uh, NFTs, and if those of you who don't know, you have not heard of NFTs yet, I am not going to be the one to explain it to you and teach you what these things are. Uh, Johnny Harris has a really good video on NFTs. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, There's a couple really good articles. But think of NFTs as the modern baseball cards. This is what Caroline uh, brought up as a really good metaphor, analogy, jury's still out. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a modern baseball card. It's a digital baseball card. It is a... A, a d- digital artifact yeah. that cannot be replicated. It's the original. Yeah. And if you have it, it is worth some value because people decide that it's worth some value. Yeah. Okay? So cool. the, po- the point of bringing this episode up now is that we're at like, 
I mean, I, I, I think we're still peak NFT. Like we're going to be there because it's just like, I bet if I called my mom, she'd be like, oh yeah, I heard about that on the news or whatever. Yeah. Like we're getting to that place in, in the cultural zeitgeist of it. The 60 minutes of it all. Exactly. <laughs> and what's really interesting about that is I think it's one of the first things like cryptocurrency for us when that popped up. 10 years ago at kind of in our sphere, we were already late to late to Bitcoin, if you will. Late. Uh, it was like $3,000 a coin at that point. It's $55,000 a coin at this point. Uh, it's still going up. Like I think, and everyone's projecting it's going to get to 100,000 a coin or whatever. We're not here to speculate on those things. My point is that when cryptocurrency came about, it was the first time in my life where I was like, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not up on this and I'm yeah. usually up on things. NFTs are the thing where I'm like, all right, like, I'm pulling over to the right lane and the NFT drivers are just like, vroom, 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 I'm just like, I by. need to, yeah. And, and I, I can feel that there's like a little bit of FOMO about it because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, should I do something with this? Like, could we do something fun, whatever? Should we buy something just to like have or whatever? And then I'm also having this moment where I'm like, nah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm happy for this thing to exist and people to find purpose and value and, you know, do these things. And, and that's really all an NFT is. It's just an, it, a perceived value of something. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, you'll pay an amount of money for it and then you'll own that thing, quote unquote, and that's it. I have some thoughts that I'm having that are adjacent to what you just said. And I don't really know You're how to... You're close on the... Uh, you just pulled it up real, real close. Sorry. This is a breast issue again. No, it's not really. It was more of like a... And personal setup. (laughs) I don't really know how to articulate it. So I hope this is, I'm just going to ramble for a little bit. But as you were talking, I was thinking this is the first time where similar to what you were saying of where you're on the highway and you're like, the cars are moving too fast and I got to get to the right lane and I got to pull over. This is where I'm starting to feel like technology and the evolution of culture is starting. I also feel this way about like Instagram culture and TikTok culture where things are like accelerating and changing at a rate that makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm stuck in this place of, do I just hop on the moving train because I'm not going to stop it? So, you know, so that I can sort of like just dive in the deep end of all of the culture that's happening so that I can just kind of be in that comfortable zone of like things are changing with me. Or do I opt out and let it kind of pass me by and then do I become like a curmudgeon old right. like, well, I, like see, I don't know what's going on and then I feel like the discomfort gets greater yeah. as time goes on because you don't keep up with it and then you're like the world looks totally different yeah. and now cars are flying and now I don't know and <laughs> I have to do retinal scans yeah. and what am I <laughs> I feel like so many of uh our listeners because us included and I think most of the people that listen to our podcast are about our same age can can really relate to when our parents, we told our parents about Twitter and Instagram. We saw their reaction. The majority of them were like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time on that? Like, it's that reaction, right? Yeah. And I think for the first time in our lives, we're starting to have those same thoughts about some of these other things where we're just like, what are you guys doing? And it's a really interesting transition. And kind of the thought that comes to my mind, and, and we definitely don't want to talk about just like NFTs and that. So like we definitely want to talk about how this relates to business because I think there's a lot of stuff there. But I think if you, and I, this comes getting older as you start to realize, it's like if you're happy and content with the things in your life and when it comes to like investment stuff, if you feel good about the way that you're investing your money, because again, like that's kind of like the NFT and crypto space is a lot of that. Right, that's what it is. It's that's what it is. Um, 
if you feel good about the way you're doing it, then you actually don't even need to acknowledge the FOMO of yep. what's going on with the other things because you're covering your bases. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the other thing that I would say that kind of where I tend to live in these spaces is I just want to keep my toes dipped in enough. Yeah. And so the difference for me is like, we have money invested in crypto. It's not a lot of money, but I like doing it because I actually believe that the future of currency is something besides the physical dollar or plastic cards. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a there's going to be a change in our lifetime that's going to happen. So I want to be up on that. Do I believe in like NFTs are going to be the thing that like takes over everything? I really don't. I think it's just like another way that people will buy th- stuff. And maybe we'll buy NFTs later on in life. I don't know. But I just think, like, for me, it's, like, less important and doesn't hold any appeal for me at the moment. It's kind of, like, how I think about them. Yeah. And I think, kind of, to, to, to bring it into the FOMO conversation, I do think that one thing that fuels this feeling of FOMO as it relates to some of those things that you just mentioned is, you you the, you know, media starts pumping out these articles Absolutely. that are about... The person who bought Bitcoin when it was, you know, two cents and now is like a multi-trillionaire or whatever. Those are flashy stories. So it makes sense that they would want to publish them. But what happens is we see these sort of like, you know, extreme outlier scenarios where somebody made a good bet. It's just like Vegas. Somebody made, you know, somebody pulled a slot machine and it shot out quarters at them. And now they're a millionaire or whatever. And we all want that. We all want to be set for the rest of our life for not doing very much. Yep. Um, and so it, but I think what it does is it plays into this idea that anything could be the next that for yep. you. And, um, and it's a very similar conversation to one that we come back all the time, which is this conversation about enough. Yep. So I think what you're trying to say is like, when you decide that your investment strategy or your even like, what can we, what's the term we could use to describe like your technology strategy yeah, for sure. as a human yeah. being? What's your tech strategy? Yeah. Is it to be an early adopter? Is it to go all in? Is it to dip your toe in? Whatever that is. But it's like when you feel intentional and good about those strategies for yourself, yep. you, and you decide this is enough for me, you don't have to be trying to search for the next catapulting bet that's yep. going to have you set for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think that that's where like for us, and we talked about it for, I mean, probably going on a year or two now, creating a TikTok account and creating content there. We've had this conversation multiple times. And what we keep coming back to is like, but we don't need to. Like our technology stack is at the enough point where Instagram does what we need. The organic traffic to our website does what we need. Our email list does what we need. We have some YouTube. We have this podcast. Like that is enough for us. And if we're missing out on like all the attention is moving to TikTok, then that's okay because we're meeting our goals. Right. And I think it's worth worth framing it in this way as well, which is if there's a missing out, there's also like a missing in for lack of a better term. So if you're missing out on TikTok, let's say, what are you opting in on instead? Yeah. Right? Like that's a way to shift it so that you can start to see like it's, and really all that boils down to is just trade-offs. Um, and I think Greg McKeown talks about this idea of trade-offs in his book, Essentialism, which I would highly recommend. But if you're opting out of TikTok, you're saying, yeah, but I'm going to opt into this other use of my time and attention that is more fulfilling to me. Yeah. And again, that is not to criticize anyone who does TikTok. That is not to criticize whatever your things are. It's just to make you feel better about, we can't do it all. There's yeah. so much now. None of us can do it all. And so it's just shifting the conversation in your own mind to say like 
yes, um, I might be quote unquote missing out on X, Y, and Z, but I'm opting in for these other things. Like I had a, it's so funny that we're recording this episode because this morning during my workout, I had this moment where I just was sort of like, we talk about this all the time where we're just in like a social media, like a non-social media phase right now where we just, we don't have any interest on sharing a lot of things. And I had this thought where I was like, oh, I could share my workout or I could share my this. And then I was just like, I don't really feel like it. And I'm, I had this thought where I was like, I just love my simple life. I love my private life. I've moved to this place where I really value privacy. And I was like, like, I feel for the most part happier than I've like ever felt. But people, nobody knows that, you know what I mean? Like, except for maybe my close friends, nobody knows that. And I don't have a desire, I mean, except for on this podcast right now, to like be sharing that at all times, which sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm in a really happy place and I want to share that because I want other people to maybe experience that joy or whatever and spread positivity. Um, But right now, I'm in this moment and I think it's maybe a side effect of the of that feeling I was describing to you where I st- I'm starting to feel like technology is moving at such a pace and culture is moving at such a pace that I'm sort of rebelling against it in a way mm-hmm. but I have this like sneaking suspicion that anonymity privacy slowness not leading a social life yeah. are going to become huge trends in the next decade. Yeah. Because I think, you know, all culture exists on a pendulum and everything is a reaction and a, and a reaction to a reaction. And I think you start to see, especially like these people who, influencers, for example, yeah. who have built their entire income on sharing their life and monetizing their life, which on the surface is so alluring because you're like, well, you just get to like do whatever yeah. you want and then you can monetize it. What people aren't seeing is the cost of that. We have the direct experience, experience. with this. Exactly. And with I Wear Your Shirt. Yeah. And I think it's, I think back to my time in 2009, 10, 11, 12, where every day I'm filming, I'm sharing stuff, I'm doing whatever. And and kudos to like, you know, people like our friend Matt Diavella, who he doesn't share everything. He right. shares, you know, he through many conversations with him, I've. I, th- I think I finally convinced him to do less videos. Like I was harping on him so early and I know that he came to this and like it's his own thing. But like he was like, I got to keep doing a video a week. I got to feed the beast on YouTube, you know, blah, blah, blah. And at what cost? Because it really started to burn him out on doing it. And now he does like a video every two weeks, maybe sometimes three weeks. And he's so much happier. Like we text all the time and he's just like, I feel so much less pressure and I have the time to do other things. And I think about back in my own time, bringing this back to myself, it's like, I had no time to do anything in those previous days. And their like privacy and anonymity, like my currency was sharing. And so I think that's where we're getting to as a as a like us as a family, but then us as a group, I think like those of us who listen to this podcast, we're very intentional about mm-hmm. our time and our choices. And where I do understand that so many people they need to build a business. They don't have the years of experience of written articles that drum drama traffic. So like, well, where do I go? And we tell people, you got to go to social media because that's where everyone's hanging out. Like it's difficult to get started if you're trying to get some traction. And I think there is a real fine line to try and walk there on how much time do you invest? What platforms do you get on? What are you missing out on if you're not jumping on trends, if you're not doing reels, if you're not doing whatever. And I think the big key with all of this is to try and like acknowledge all the urges that you have. Like, oh, I should be doing this. Like write all these things down. I should be posting every day and I should be, you know, posting this much content to then come back to like, but what do I want to do? Yeah. Because if I get into the habit of 
posting Fo every day, yeah, doing all the things, every urge. following every urge, following every trend. Guess what's going to happen? More trends and more urges and more like TikTok did not exist a couple years ago. Yeah. Remember when Snapchat was basically what TikTok was? Like everyone who was on Instagram, Snapchat's like Gary V, get on Snapchat. Be no one cares about Snapchat anymore. Like I'm sure people still use it, but it doesn't matter anymore. And so like, that's the thing that I think is so important is where you start to define what really matters to you. And then you only do those things. Yeah. I, I, it is kind of fun to think back and think of like, remember like Periscope and remember yeah. Vine and all like, these things, all these things. Yeah. And you never know which are going to be the ones that stick around. And again, you know, listen to our other episode about specifically about these different social media trends and do you hop on them or not? Yeah. We talk and, about clubhouse too. Yeah. And there is no, there is no black and white answer. It's just you navigating your own um, intentional way of engaging with these new things so that you can try them out, see if it works for you, see if you like it. Um, I think that's just a big part of it is just experimentation. But but what I really want people to know about that feeling of FOMO is just the awareness. Yeah. Like having an awareness of when you're experiencing that feeling and trying to dig deeper in terms of what what is really driving that feeling and how can you kind of like take the control back from that feeling and yeah. be like, you know what? Like I, I was giving you an example. I'm, I'm starting to see like a lot of people's books coming out or yeah. people have book yeah. deals or whatever. And that is like an area where I experience a little bit of FOMO where I'm like, oh. I do too. I'm like, yeah. should I write my, yeah. you know, a second book or whatever? Um, and and then I'm like, no. Yeah, we even talked to my book agent. Well, I talked to her about it, but I told you about it. She was like, if you and Caroline ever want to, co-author a book about like working together and like she was like I think it would be great because there's such a niche of people who are spouses and they work together and it's probably a very small group like it's not going to reach as many people as a bigger thing but like we talked about it and we're like yeah no, no. <laughs> yeah no. not gonna do it and I know you, I mean you have a really good idea for a book that's a topic that is very interesting and it's very like related to this podcast and I won't share it because we don't want anybody to steal it not that they would but it doesn't matter and it's just so funny because it's like someone will probably write that book. Absolutely. Because They're writing not, it right now. Exactly. And and when that book comes out, there's going to be this moment where you're like, damn it. Yeah. You know, I had that thought. Yeah. I, I, and, and what you have to do in that moment, this goes back to our life metrics episode, is go, yeah, but. Yeah. All the work that it would have taken me to write that book. Yeah. The two years of my life I would have had to devoted to first draft, editors, like all that stuff, figuring out the publishing, doing all those things. And even if you self-publish and it's half the time, you have to give all of that up to get to what place. Right. And then I'm like, well, what's the best? Forget about the worst case scenario. What's right. the best case scenario? The best case scenario is then I'm seen as an expert on that thing. And yeah. your best case scenario with a book, it goes gangbusters. People are like, I, I want you to come speak to my thing. And right. I'm like, what? What thing are they uh, speak to my thing? Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to speak to anyone's thing. I want to speak to no things. <laughs> I want to speak to a couple of things. Just yeah. a couple of things thing that I... Thing two. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like... It's just ego. Yeah. It's just ego and it's just, I have really, this is actually a topic, I think I might save this topic for my friend Nicole's podcast because she wants to have me on and I was like, I would love to talk about this, but I'll give you a teaser. Okay. But I've been thinking a lot lately about sort of this ego piece of it yeah. and, and the idea of just not wanting that to like I think I used to share a lot of my art online and a lot of my writing online in a quest for significance yep. in a quest for wanting to feel like my voice mattered and in a lot of ways I do think everyone kind of has to go through some version of that to figure out that their voice 
already mattered and it always will matter. But now I feel like I don't need that public element in order to feel like my thoughts matter. And somebody, you know, there's an artist on Instagram who, you know, has a ton of overlap of like the things that I would talk about and even like the style, but she's got like a million followers yep. and she's just been really diligent the past couple of years to like, and it's beautiful. And I'm like, she is so much like for, I don't mean this, this is going to come out weird. She's so much of a better vessel for that message than I am. Yeah. I don't mean that in to put myself down. I, I mean, her desire for the life that she wants to live is clearly better aligned to be a leader in that space. Yeah. And I don't want to be that leader. Yeah. And so I can still share my art and I can still, whatever that role is going to take on over the years. But I kind of had this moment where I was just like, I don't need to feel FOMO about that anymore because it's instead of being like jealous or envious, be like, it's beautiful that we have similar gifts and that, and that she has risen to a level of success that can ultimately impact whatever my art would impact as well. You know? Yeah. yeah and I, I think going back to one of your first points about these edge cases. So it's like when it comes to writing a book, like we have all seen these books come out that like, go nuts and they're the, on the bestseller lists and all this stuff and you see them everywhere so you're like oh that that must feel so great but we also have friends who have had popular things and I had my experience with Ivory shirt and like it's super tiring like oh, yeah, yeah it's hashtag first world problems absolutely but it's also really draining like you just you lose so much of your own personal time and so much space in that white space and I think what we've just come to realize and what we really try and keep coming back to on this podcast and trying to share is this idea of running calm businesses this idea of you're enough when it comes to the number of money the amount of money that you want to make and just the amount of time you want to spend in your business and the technology stack enough which, which is another thing like I think this is so important to you see the edge cases but you come back to like yeah but I don't know anything that's actually going on in their in their life exactly and I want my life to stay simple I want my life to stay where I'm making enough money and and I really do understand for those of you because I answer a lot of our emails and so I hear from so many people who are like I'm just getting started like I don't need to have a million followers or whatever but I just need to get to a hundred and yeah, I get that. And you do need to do some of the things that the people who got to a million did to get to a million, but you also don't need to do all of the things. Don't do all of them. That's the yeah. thing. I think it's really good that you brought that up because I I know that when you're just getting started, you are going to have a heightened sense of that FOMO because you're, you're in this place of you just don't have any leverage and yeah. you are not to use the word like desperate, but you kind of are in that mindset, right? Of like, I'm desperate for something to work. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm eager for something to work. And so you're trying a bunch of different things. And I think that actually is the right strategy. It's experimentation and switching it up. Um, but the, the key is that so, so many people will use that strategy, but they will try to diversify, you know, 20 fold yeah. instead of five fold. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, experiment. Yes. Try some different things to see what is going to work and what is going to get you results. But the more you spread yourself thin and try to like spread that out over 20 different platforms or, you know, you try something for two weeks and then something else comes along and then you're on to clubhouse and then you're trying TikTok. It's like the more that you split up that focus, I think the less chances you have to see something actually work. Yeah. And it's also kind of this mindset shift you have to have where when you're just getting started and you're trying something and it doesn't work 
it looks like everything you've ever done is a failure because yeah. you've only done one thing. Right. So, and I see this with a lot of our Wandering Aimfully members who I do these check-ins with and, and I'm like, okay, we got to give this six months to work and whatever this plan is that we're putting together to, to work on, which is like, you know, building, writing your foundation articles, like making sure your offer is set up, which is your digital product and those things, getting your sales strategy going, like having a marketing and content plan, like, okay, we got to do all that. And the problem is when the first thing that they do doesn't go to plan, yep. they extrapolate out that the whole plan was garbage yep. and just should be burnt. Yeah. And I have to explain to folks, and, and I hope those of you listeners who are in that position can hear this as well, which is that is part of the process, first thing. Yep. The second thing is the more that you understand that the first time that you mess up or fail is not an extrapolation of you always messing up and failing it gives you so much more courage and, and energy to keep pushing forward. And I know that it's hard. I understand that it's hard, but you also have to also see that the potential for the things you can do is never ending. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of this whole journey where the FOMO really does start to add to this, where you feel like I'm doing the wrong things and other people are doing the right things. Yep. So I need to shift over to those things. Because those are the right things. Because those are the right things, but you just don't have the context of where that all fits in for you. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, it's like the thing, the last thing that I want to say about kind of FOMO is also something that we come back to often, which is not new advice, but I think it's advice that bears reminding, which is to try to detach your, the way that you see yourself from how you think other people see you. Because I think a big part of FOMO is like, you know, there's this part of you that wants to kind of go heads down and not be so visible and just work on your business. And, but the FOMO part of you is like, yeah, but I want people to see that I'm doing something, you know, I want people to see that I'm trying this or trying that because that makes me feel like I'm doing this thing that I said I was going to do, which yeah. is I was going to start a business. So if I'm on Instagram live, people can see that I'm like really going for it. Yeah. Um, and that is a very different thing than doing Instagram live because you think it's going to like yeah. help your business versus you want people to see you working on your business, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we've had it come up in a couple different occurrences where people outside of our sphere who like through a friend or whatever, or even in like a DM on Instagram would be like, oh, you guys are like just getting started. Like, how are things going? You know, like you don't post a lot on Instagram. No, it's what it is, is it's always the cold pitches in our Instagram. Yeah. So like people will, will pitch us like marketing services or Facebook ad services yeah. and they'll be like, I see that you guys are just getting started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we can really, we can boost your revenue to, yeah. you know, a, a six figure revenue a yeah. year. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I love you. I actually don't love you because I don't like cold stuff, cold yeah. DMs on Instagram, but you just kind of smile to yourself and you're like, Hey, we actually, we make, we make plenty of money. Yeah. And the thing is you can't see that from our Instagram though. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know? So and I it, just, I just like smile at myself and I'm yeah. just say, thank you. We're good for now. Yeah. And it, it's the, it's the same thing with like other people in our sphere who are writing books. And it's like, yeah, but we've written together now three books, you know, and then they've been published and they've been out there and, and that's great. That's our accomplishment. Like we have done that thing and we've checked that box. And if we come back to it, that's great. And I think for anybody listening to this, who is, seeing all the opportunities it's also to make sure to come back to be like yeah but also what have you already done yeah and and what can you also already appreciate and and if you haven't done much then it's stop looking at everybody who's doing everything look at other people who are similar to you like you've gotten enough inspiration and motivation yeah. from people you're comparing yourself to why don't you start comparing yourself to people who are at the same place on your journey 
So or they, don't even or don't hurt yourself at all. Absolutely. Sure, but sure. yeah, we're all human, right? Yeah, and, and so I think that there's there is a lot of ego at play. There's a lot of the feeling of validation and significance, and these things are like baked into our DNA, and it is a fight against those things. Like I think part of the point of this episode is for us to share, like when NFTs first started taking off, because I pay attention to things. I had FOMO. I'm like, oh, we got to buy one. We got to be on this. And then I had to check that to be like, no, we don't. Like, you don't I, have to do anything. I can just move over in our lane on the highway, one lane over, and the NFT drivers can just zoom, zoom, zoom. And I can be in the cryptocurrency lane. But like, I'm, you know, I'm still dabbling. Uh, or, the, or the, I finally got a credit card lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you can, like my you, parents are like, uh, I don't write checks anymore. Look who is totally modern. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think anytime we tend to get really stuck in the FOMO phase, it is really interesting to look at our parents' generation or and like, they're all doing just fine yeah. not being a part of any of this. And yeah. it, while it feels like everyone around us might be really into this, it's okay that you opt out of some of these things totally. and you just sidestep them and go, that's fine. And if I miss out, guess what? There'll be another NFT size thing. There'll that's be another uh, TikTok size thing. There'll be another person writing a book like there'll be all these things and it's okay that I didn't take advantage yeah and I just think the final thing that I would say is like the energy that you're spending on focusing on what you're not doing and trying to kind of like scan and search for that that next thing that's going to catapult you to success all that energy that you're spending on that FOMO scanner is energy you could be spending on just saying this is my strategy it has these three things and I'm going to put my head down and do the work and I'm, that's where I'm going to focus my energy. And if I reach my goals, I'm going to validate myself and saying, I did this and I reached my goals and I don't care that no one knows. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the thing that is like, I even play into the ego thing. Like I just baked a loaf of bread this morning. Yeah. And of course, part of me wants to like share it on Instagram and Be like, look at how pretty it, cut is. it into was a it really and, pretty loaf. And, and, but I don't do it for that. I do it for exactly. me. And and I know that I could get the ego boost of a bunch of people saying like, oh, cute loaf of bread. But I don't need that. I, I realized why I do this thing, which is that I just want to enjoy the bread. Like I just want to cut into a nice fresh loaf of bread and just devour the entire thing. Well, and thing. show your wife when she comes in. And to show my wife who's gluten-free. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like a nice. But I, I, but I like the aesthetics of it. I love yeah. a good round loaf. Yeah, a good boule. Is that what it's called? It's a boule, yeah. Well, what makes it a boule? That it's round. I think maybe Boule is French for circle? Mm. Probably wrong. <laughs> it just sounds like you're like mispronouncing ball. Can you give one Gouillère? Like a boule. Can you give one Gouillère for the waivers? What's that? Did I do it? I don't think so. One more? Gouillère. Really great. Gouillère. <laughs> there it is. Uh, this is Carol says things in French. All right. Uh, that's FOMO, NOMO. So try to have hey, less FOMO. FOMO, NOMO. NOMO. All right. Let's talk about our movies. Okay. Did you remember our movies segment? Or did you forget mm-hmm. our movie segment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh? What did we watch last weekend? We watched... <laughs> this is always fun. We watched... This is just a couple days ago. We watched... Uh-huh. Let's see if we can figure this out. I'm blanking. Hold on. Give me a second. Uh-huh. We... Disaster. Oh, disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Okay, we watched... We had, we had... This was double D. D- a double D disaster. Back-to-back double feature. Yep. The first movie that we watched was... Infinite Space. It was a little movie called Infinite Terror. Stop it. It was a movie called Event Horizon. Yes. And the poster on IMDb said Infinite Space. Yes. Infinite Terror. Yeah. And we were like, well, that's kind of weird. We thought we were getting into like a little bit of like a space disaster movie. Yes. Think the core. Yeah. Think 
Apollo 13. Yes. Think Armageddon. What's the one that's close to it that I always think it is? Chain reaction. Chain think reaction. Chain reaction. <laughs> yeah. We really thought we were getting into that. Yeah. Chain reaction is not a space movie, I don't think. It's, it's not sort of, in space at all. It's sort of like all. a science It's not movie. in space at all. Science no. disaster. That's Keanu. Um, and so we start watching this movie. And this movie called? Event Horizon. Yeah, just Not a, Chain Reaction. Yeah. Event Horizon. Yeah. It has... Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. And Bill Paxton? No. Did I make that up? Yes. Who's the bad guy? Uh, oh, no. Oh, 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 yeah, oh. from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. What's well, Sam O'Neill. Sam O'Neill. Yeah. Okay. From from no, J one for those of you who've been Paxton. listening for a while, the uh, we launched. that was the previous weekend. I, we can't get derailed because we, okay, we okay, got to okay. stay on a better horizon. horizon. So yeah. for the first half of the movie, first of all, the plot is very similar to another movie we watched like probably six months ago called The Sphere with Dustin Hoffman. Yes, which extremely I believe we talked about on similar. here. Like yeah. extremely similar. Yeah. And so we're watching it and we're like, okay, this all right. is cool. All right, this is like. We're in space. Yeah. And there's like a, a ship. Yeah. And we're trying to like recover this ship. And yeah. there's mystery We're learning involved. about wormholes. Wormholes. We're doing the same interstellar fold the paper, do the oh, pencil yeah. through it. If, if you remember. 25 years later. If you remember the scene from Interstellar where they do the folding paper to explain a wormhole. Yeah. That's where they got it from. Is exactly. this movie, Event yeah. Horizon. So. <laughs> and we're into it. Yeah. Okay. About halfway through the movie. Uh-huh. It takes a turn. It goes from the infinite space part. To the, to the infinite terror, terror part. Turns out... Which, on the poster, they told the truth. They told us. Yeah. And we did not listen. We did not. Turns into kind of a horror movie. No, no, no. Not kind of. Definitely a horror movie. It turns into a horror movie. It's a horror movie. We do There's not gore. watch horror movies, There's by the way. There's demons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's supernatural elements yeah. to it. A lot and of blood. Blood. Yeah. We did not see it coming. Yeah. Um, If you're into that... If you're into, like, this is a 90s horror movie, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah watch gonna it. You're going to love it. If you are not into horror movies, like, The Shining to you is, like, something you would never watch. Yeah. Don't watch this movie. I would not, knowing what I know now, I, you, I would get those two hours back from would, my life. You would, yeah. It was I also, would, too, to be honest. I know. Yeah. It was also very, like, I'm I'm a very light-sensitive person, so strobing effects really affect me. Tons. It's, a, it's very stroby. Yeah. And it's very, like, flashy, and it's, like, gore, and then I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah. So, anyway, we laughed our way through it, and it we was did. fun. But. The first half of the movie, we were both looking at each other, we're like, yeah, it, oh, yeah, yeah. Found yeah. it. We're at Neptune, and we're doing stuff, and the second half, we're like, should we turn it off? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like, and it's not even from like being afraid. It's just like it's not. It wasn't enjoyable for us. Yeah, it gives you a physical sensation yeah. in your body that yeah. you don't like. Now you might be listening to this movie review of Event Horizon and going, "Oh, I'm in for that." By all means, you will enjoy it, and yeah. we look forward to you enjoying this movie. Yeah. Your rating, your rotten potato of this movie. Oh, four. Four. Three uh, and a half. I think you got to go lower. Three. Yeah, I'll because go, you wouldn't watch three. it again. I know. I'll go three because of the first half of the movie. I think what we said was the first half of the movie, solid seven. Yeah. First half of the movie, solid seven. I would give it a seven. Second half of the movie, a two. So then... But but it but can't you, be the average of the two. It's not it the average. It has to come down. Yeah. It's, I think it's I, a three. Listen, we can't explain the scale to you, yeah, yeah, but no, <laughs> you yeah. just have to like... I think it's three potatoes out of ten for me. Okay, three potatoes. You're going three potatoes too? Yeah. We're just going to agree on the amount of potatoes? I think so. Okay. Rotten potatoes. The second movie that we watched is one movie called 2012. Made in 2009, I believe. Nine. Uh, now, you may have seen this movie because apparently it was like, it made a lot of money, this movie. We never saw it. Yeah, we, we, oh, or no, you I saw, saw it. it. You didn't see it. No, I saw it. Saw it. No, I saw it. No, you Solomon did. Okay. Okay. Did it one more time? You saw it? 
Okay, I didn't. I saw it. I know. I say saw. I don't say saw. Yeah, okay. Uh, 2012, John Cusack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is coming to an end. The, there's a, a solar flare from the sun. It's it, heating the... It oh, heats up the... It heats the core. And what happens is... It the crusts. Det- it detaches from the crust. And apropos then the crust to my bread I made shifts, today, the crusts are shifting. Which and then is, Wisconsin becomes the North Pole. Wisconsin becomes the North Pole, yeah. Which uh, is actually the South Pole now because the magnetism has switched. Oh, wow. So there's a lot that... Uh, uh, there's a lot that happens in this movie. There's a lot of action. Okay. This to me is a quintessential yes. special effects movie. Yeah. This is, if you like special effects, this to me is like where the shift happened in like blockbuster movies. It was sort of the Marvel era where like the effects got so good that the whole movie is just basically a canvas for special effects. Absolutely. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie, guys. Yeah. Ronald Emmerich is the director. And if you're wondering, like, wait, is 2012 that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal where, like, everything's frozen? Nope, that's Day After Tomorrow. That's Day After Tomorrow, which also, also directed by yeah, Ronald Emmerich. Yeah, and it really has that vibe. Which is why I brought it up, because every time I see those two movies next to each other, I'm like, which one is which? Oh, I I feel like I know they're the same exact They're movie. not. One of them has Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, I understand that. And that's the key difference. That is the key difference. Yeah. But I will say, uh, Woody Harrelson's character in 2012... Okay. Is solid Donald is Glover? Is it solid? It is not solid. Oh, Donald solid. Glover? Not Donald Glover. Uh, Danny Glover. In what world are you saying what? Donald Glover? It's pretty close on <laughs> the name. It's very close. But I mean, Donald Glover's Donald Glover. I know. Okay, so I just want to say, oh, Woody, yeah. Woody Harrelson's character is not solid. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean solid in like a performance. Yes. I meant it in purely entertainment. Thank you. Passion. That yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, which yeah. is that... Within the first, like, ten minutes of the movie, there's a couple of, like, really cheesy jokes and, like, lines that happen. And I looked at Jason and I kind of, like, rolled my eyes like, oh, it's going to be one of these. By the end of it, I'm like, I love the cheesy humor of the whole thing. You just, if you can suspend disbelief for the whole movie and just appreciate the little one-liners for being cheesy and appreciate the little humor moments and also just the effects are just so well done. Yeah. And I really like the story. Yeah. And Oliver Platt is such a good bad guy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the, Sorry if you didn't know he's a bad guy, but he turns kind of bad. It's okay. I think when people listen to these, they've either, they've either A, seen these movies, or, or B, they're going to watch them because of what we've told them. Okay. So, and we're not going to spoil the ending and how it I don't ends. Know, we need to really unpack why I like disaster movies so much. You really do. But anyway, uh, 2012, uh, I think the budget was something like $160 million, mm-hmm. and it made... Like $700 million, something crazy. Yeah, which is nuts for... Or a like non superhero, but like this just goes to tell you this was the peak, like you said, of like disaster movies Blo- and blockbusters. And- like just really, really nailed it. So uh, your score for your rotten potato for 2012? Eight and a half. Why is it not a nine? Babe, you gotta leave room for like Braveheart is a ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speed is a nine point five. How is Speed not a ten? What could be better about Speed? Braveheart. Nothing. It's not Braveheart. (laughs) It's not Braveheart. Uh, This is a flawed potato scale. Like, speed, it could be a 10, but it's like, I can't explain the scale. I can't explain the scale. You You need to leave room for stuff, though. The 9 to 10 is like a very, very elite echelon of my personal, by the way, this is not like critically acclaimed. We all understand this is your personal raw potatoes. It's my potatoes. So, my question to you is, so, 2012 is eight and a half. But why not a nine? Like, why is no, it one no, point no, away from speed? No, it's not a nine. It's not a nine. I can't explain it to because you. Because Woody Harrelson? I ref- yeah. Okay. It can't be a nine. Okay. A nine is What speed. about Danny the Glover? The Fugitive. The Fugitive is a nine and a half. I understand. We're still at nine and a half. We need a movie that's a nine. What I'm trying to show you okay, is okay, that... Okay, 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 okay. 
<laughs> Honestly, I might have to make speed a nine because now that I've introduced this fugitive, the fugitive is definitely a nine and a half for me. And but it's not a ten. Braveheart's a ten. Wow. Nine and a half is fugitive. Wow, what a mess. And then speed has to be nine. What a mess. Okay, well, if you're gonna do that, that makes sense. I don't think speed deserves to be a nine. I believe it's a nine and a half for a ten movie, especially for us. No, it's you have your own potatoes. <laughs> Get your own potatoes. It is a nine potato movie for All right, me. so back to 2012, eight and a half. Potatoes. Eight and a half potatoes for you. I would give it uh I'd give it an eight. I don't think I would go higher than that, just because I want more of like a kind of like surprise element in a lot of the, in these types of movies, and like sure. I feel like you could predict everything sure. in this movie. So sure. uh, even from Oliver Platt being the bad guy, so it's like that type of thing. I just could use a little bit more of like, oh, whoa, twist. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Anyway, uh, Event Horizon don't really recommend unless that's your vibe and you right. really enjoyed that uh, description. It's, it's perfect for somebody. Absolutely, one person at least. Uh, Two thousand twelve. Pretty much recommend for everybody who listens. Sure. Eight and a half for you, eight for me. That's that's right at the top there of recommendations. Knowing that it's cheesy, knowing that the it's yeah, just prepare yourself for cheesy. But, but if like, you but if you haven't watched Speed or Fugitive, put that ahead of 2012. Absolutely. No, yeah. again, these are my potatoes. That's I'm not a, trying to make anyone have my potatoes. Well, obviously not, because they're your potatoes. You don't want people to have them. Yeah, they're yeah. mine. All right, that'll wrap up for this episode. We appreciate your faces. We hope you had a fun time listening and that you got something out of our FOMO NOMO discussion. And uh, maybe you'll watch a movie or two this weekend and let us know what you watched. Absolutely. And if you're giving up on something that you were feeling like you were going to miss out on, like you're pulling over in a lane, you're like, hey, guys, yeah. I was really like trying to tell myself I had to use TikTok, but now I'm not going to because of this conversation because Instagram is going just fine for me. We would love to hear about that. Yeah, tell us about the that those fast cars that are passing you by and you're fine with it. You had a fast car. You had a fast car. Very nice. Yes. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.